Spirit and the life of the church. And I thought, right, okay, well, that's, that's a great subject. That's brilliant. That's going to be a really good one to get into. And then a couple of days ago, I was over the moon when, when Tim and Joe elected to come to South Green this morning because it's Mother's Day. And I thought, fantastic. But then I thought, well, hang on, if it was anybody else's, um, if anybody else said, I'm, I'm going to bring a young child to the service, then I would commit, and I will do this, I, I want to say this now so that you know, if anybody ever brings children, let me know in advance and I will make sure that the service speaks to them as well as to us. Okay, so I think it's so important that on the, on the odd occasion, on the, when we have the opportunity to, to, um, to, to have, have children in the service, we should make it as appealing and as fun and as, as, um, as, as informative as we can. So, this morning, we are talking about the Holy Spirit and the Church, but... But before we can talk about the Holy Spirit in the church, we need, to, we need to understand a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Because it's a very strange concept. It's something you can't see, it's something you can't hear. We, we talk to the Holy Spirit, we pray to the Holy Spirit, but, uh, but what is it? It's like if someone says, show me electricity. We can show the result of it, but yeah, but how do I know there's a wire going from, from that switch to that? Oof. How do I know what travels through it? Can you take, take some electricity out of the wire and show it? No, you, it doesn't work like that. You can't, you can't do it. Electricity isn't a physical thing. Now, this morning, I said to, I said to Timothy, as we are coming out the door, I said, oh, it's going to be good today, Tim. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. I said, the Holy Spirit is? And what was your answer? God's Bluetooth. Yeah, God's Bluetooth. Now, at this point... At this point, I felt really old because I suddenly thought, I've planned this, this demonstration, this analogy, and I've just been completely trumped. I'm going to have to add words with Charlotte, I tell you, because I can guarantee it would have... Was that from Charlotte? Did she use that? Or was that someone else? No, I just thought of it. You just... Yeah, you. <laughs> you just thought of it. Yeah, well, in that case, I'm very impressed. But you see, Bluetooth is, is, it is quite a good analogy. You, you, have a, you, you have one device and it talks to another device. It can send you a message on your phone or tell you where you've got to be um, or you, you can play, a, you can play a, a, a film on your phone through Bluetooth. And you can't see Bluetooth. Someone can't say, here is Bluetooth. It's just kind of something that we know exists because we see the result. So anyway, Tim's sort of trumped my analogy, but I'm going to go ahead with it anyway, otherwise this is going to be a really short service. You see... Tim, do you want to come up? Right. What's in this bowl? A hundred trillion bits of ice. A hundred trillion bits of ice. Well, maybe not quite that many, but yeah, there, there is, there's a big load of ice in this bowl. Right. Now then, can you tell me, we're just going to do an experiment. Close your eyes. Are they closed? Good boy. Right then. So, is ice, can you feel it? Yeah? yeah? And is it, is it nice and warm? No. Okay. Right. Hold this in your hand. Can you describe it? It was... It was freezing. Freezing cold. It felt <laughs> like I was going to melt. It felt like you were, you were melting it, yep. Okay, is, is it soft? Is it... It's very hard. Very hard. Wet. Very hard and wet. Okay, you can pop that back in there before you leave a puddle. Good. Just wipe away your trousers, that's right, Mum won't mind. <laughs> yeah, good boy. 
It's one of those, one of those jobs you were saying about earlier. Um, right then, yeah. So, when, when in the Old Testament, the bit of the Bible before Jesus was born, God was God, okay? There, there, wasn't, there wasn't an idea of, of the spirit of God. God was God. And people used to go to, to the temple because inside the temple there was a room called the Holy of Holies and only, only one person, the high priest, he was the only person who was allowed in there. Before It was only once a year that he went in there. Before he went in there, he had to go through loads of different cleansing rituals and sacrificial rites and he had to be properly, properly um, uh, purified and, and, and prepared to go into this place. Now, Throughout the Old Testament, we read loads of different stories of how the Israelites, this was God's people, the Israelites, one minute they were really pleasing God and they were doing brilliantly and God was saying, good on you, well done. But then suddenly, they got it all wrong. They made loads of mistakes and God said, no, I'm not very happy. I'm not very happy. And there was a punishment. Because if we're we're naughty, there's a punishment, isn't there? Yeah. And so then Israel said, sorry about that and started doing things right again, and got better and better and better. And God said, brilliant, you're doing great, well done. And then, they did it all over again. And that went on throughout the Old Testament. And eventually, God said, right, enough's enough. I've been telling you for a long, long time, I'm going to send someone to help you. And so, now, I am. Okay? Ah, no, it's disciples. You're you're right, but that's that's um, that's a different story, Tim. So, you see, when we talk about God, we talk about God up in heaven, yeah? And we talk about Jesus, who was also God. Okay? And we talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, it's very, it's very difficult to think because you are just Timothy, yeah? You cannot be in more than one place at a time, can you? Can anybody here be in more than one place at a time? What do you think? Can anybody be in more than one place at a time? I mean, sometimes it must feel like it because sometimes mummy can be downstairs in the kitchen and she can know that you're not upstairs getting dressed for school, you're playing. So it might feel like it, but actually she's not in two places at once. But you see... Yeah, that's right, she can hear you, but she's not actually there watching you, is she? No. So... God, God is in heaven and when he was in heaven, he was still in heaven when Jesus was on the earth and he's still in heaven now but his Holy Spirit is around us. There are three parts to God and what we're going to do this morning is just have a little think about how we can have three parts to God. Okay, if I can just screw this on. So we've established him. We've established, haven't we, that that ice is hard and it's cold. You can't pour ice out like a drink, can you? But ice is actually just one part of three things. Okay? It's the... This is, this is going to turn into two other things. Can you guess what they're going to be? 
water, it might be one of them. Might be. Maybe cold water. Maybe a bit kind of steamy, going up, stabilising water. Well, right, yes. You're right, because we know, don't we, that actually, although this it is hard ice, we can take some of it out, and already, look, you can see in the bottom of the bowl, it started to melt. Alright, so we're going to put that in there, we're going to sit this on here, and we're going to turn this, hear that hissing? That's gas, that is. <laughs> it lose my eyebrows at this rate. <laughs> right, stand back a bit, Tim. Right then. So, what's going to happen? That's right, that's right, we can see it, can't we? So already, look, we've still got the ice there, okay? That big lump of ice is still there, but we've taken a part of the lump of ice and we've put it in here, and already we can see it's changing, okay? So ice doesn't stay the same all the time. Well, 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 well. You see, when God sent Jesus into the world, God, it was like God took a bit of himself, put him into a little baby skin, and said, there you go, world, there's my gift to you. Okay, and he put him in Mary's, Mary's tummy, and, and, and he grew, and out came the baby Jesus. And the baby Jesus was just a tiny little baby, just like you were, just like everybody was when they were first born. Okay? But of course... When we think of God, we don't think of a person, do we? Because we think of God who is so much bigger, because he flung the stars into space, he created the world. He can be everywhere at any time. But you see, at the moment, that ice now, is, it's, most of it has turned into water. There's still a couple of lumps there. And it's nearly all gone. Yep, nearly all the ice is gone. That's right, nearly all the ice is gone. But the, there's still ice, this ice is still here, okay? But it's changing, okay? So, the ice now can be poured out anywhere, can't it? Yeah, that water. You see, when God, in the Old Testament, he sent Jesus, there was a change. God sent Jesus because Jesus was needed in the world. So God said, there you go. And Jesus said, I am the water of life. He pointed to himself and said, I am the water of life. But, what happened at Easter to Jesus? Do you remember? He died on the cross, didn't he? And we're going to be remembering that in a few weeks' time. What happens when someone's dead? What happens to them? They're not on earth. They just go up all the way up to heaven. That's right. They're not on earth anymore, are they? If they were so bad on earth and they don't like God, they'll go up to hell and fire. Well, yeah, okay, yes, but yeah, if they're if they're if someone is 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 dead, then that's it. They're gone. They're not here anymore. Okay, and Jesus, Jesus was in the tomb. He was dead. He wasn't here anymore. But what happened? Why do we have Easter? Why do we celebrate Easter rather than getting all sad? What did Jesus do? He died to, to like make heaven a really good place with his 
in, so when people go there, they'll really love it. And, and well, he, he died to take away all of yeah. our bad things, didn't he? To yeah. forgive us for our sin. Okay? And then he went back up to heaven. He ascended back up to heaven and all his disciples were there on a hill outside Jerusalem and they watched Jesus go up to heaven. And they thought, well, that's great, but we're left alone. But, look at the water now. What can you see coming out? Loads of steam. Loads of and, steam. And bubbles, and there's no more rice. Oh, it's turning into very hot water. It is very hot water, you're right. But that water is going up into the atmosphere. And so that water now, that ice that was in that bowl, that ice, it wasn't affecting Trevor over in a corner over there, was it? It wasn't affecting Gordon over in that corner. That ice was in that bowl. But now, you look, the steam is coming up and it's going out into the air. And everybody, as we breathe in this air, this steam is actually all around us now, isn't it? And as we, as we breathe in, or sneeze out... <laughs> you see, as, as we breathe in, so the steam is inside us and around us, isn't it? And the Holy Spirit which is the third part of what we call the Trinity. Look at all that steam now. You see, when Jesus went back up to heaven, he said, I'm sending, I'm sending someone. He said, I'm sending a helper. He said, I'm sending a counsellor. He said, I'm sending, I'm sending my spirit. He said, I am God and I'm sending my spirit. So my Holy Spirit is the third part of what we call the Trinity. We've got God the Father, we've got Jesus the Son and we've got the Holy Spirit as well. The Holy Spirit is all around us and it's inside us. Okay, just like that steam is now all around us and inside us. Okay, so you've got the Holy Spirit in your heart, right in there. Okay, and every time you do something good, it really and, pleases God. And, in, and everywhere in our bodies. Yeah, everywhere in our bodies. Yeah, you're right. God uses us, all of us, every bit of us. Right then. Now, the Bible. In the book of Romans... It says, it says, therefore, Romans chapter 8, it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. So this is written by a man called Paul, very special man, we'll learn about him another time, but what he's saying is, none of us, if we follow Jesus, if we believe in Jesus, because Jesus died on the cross, because he sent his Holy Spirit, because our, his Holy Spirit is in, inside us all, none of us are condemned. That means none of us are going to go to hell for what we've done wrong, as long as we follow Jesus and we do what he asks us to do. Okay, The Holy Spirit is all around us. Paul says we're not controlled by a, a sinful nature. That means all the bad things in life, the things that we think, oh, I know that's naughty, but I'd really like to do it, we can say no. We can choose to do the right thing and be good, can't we? We can always make that choice, can't we? Yeah. That's why when we're naughty, we might say, Tim, why do you do that? And you'll say, oh, I don't know, sorry. But it's important that we say sorry, isn't it? Now, you're not naughty very often, but... No one is perfect except Jesus. It says, in our weakness, the Spirit helps us. So when we're feeling really weak, the Holy Spirit helps us. And Paul says this as well. He says, sometimes 
We don't know what we ought to pray, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us. That means the Holy Spirit, when we say, Lord, I I, I just don't know how to pray about this anymore. I've prayed and prayed and I've run out of words. The Holy Spirit actually speaks for us. The Holy Spirit is called a counsellor. Do you know what a counsellor is? A counsellor is someone we can talk to who will help us with our problems. A counsellor is a really good thing. It's a really important job. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. Now then, today, today, we're talking about the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. Now, in the life of the church... Don't touch that. Do you want to to go back to mum, actually? Just uh, as there's boiling water sitting there. The Holy Spirit is vital in the life of the church. We we talk a lot about Jesus. We talk a lot about looking at Scripture and what Jesus said and what Jesus did. But actually, the Holy Spirit is Jesus in us now. It's the Spirit of Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God. We have the, the, the Spirit of the Son of God amongst us and in us right now. And as a church... As a church, sometimes we can sort of overlook that. We can sort of overlook the power at our fingertips, the power of prayer that is just waiting to be unleashed. This morning, we're going to harness that. This morning, we're not going to overlook that. We're going to do something. We're going to harness the power of the Holy Spirit as a church. A couple of weeks ago, last time I preached here, I preached on Hebrews 11 and it was that chapter that kept on repeating, by faith this was done, by faith this was done, by faith this was done. It spoke about all of these heroes of the faith looking back through the Old Testament, these fantastic characters who who achieved amazing things, who persevered with their faith. And I came away from that and I felt that that morning, I felt the Holy Spirit was moving amongst us. I felt that the worship was, was so spirit-led, so heavy with the Holy Spirit. I felt that the, that the scripture, it really spoke to me personally and the feedback I had um, from people afterwards, it was evident that other people had felt the same. And I thought, how can we harness that as a church? And the following Thursday, we had a, um, a, a leaders' meeting and we were sitting around, um, around Joan and Martin's dining table, as, as we often do, and we were discussing this. And we said, yeah, it did feel, there was something, there, there, it was a, there was a tangible sense of the Holy Spirit amongst us. What can we do with that? How can we, how can we harness that and, and use it? Now, of course, there is someone amongst us who is suffering at the moment and has been for quite some time. I'm talking about David. And we know that David's had his chemotherapy recently and he didn't have the outcome that the medical staff and that we and he had hoped for. Okay? It wasn't great news. But David and Maggie have this wonderful ability to stay positive, to stay faithful, to keep on prayerfully prayerfully living with a prayerful optimism. So this morning, I'm going to ask David and Maggie to come up shortly and what we're going to do is this. As a church, we're going to harness the power of the Holy Spirit by committing to praying every single day intentionally and expectantly. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes 
Sometimes we'll pray into an awful situation and we pray because we know it's the right thing to do, but we don't pray with expectancy. We pray with this kind of assumption that it's not going to work out, but at least I've, at least I've prayed about it. But we should pray expectantly. God can heal. God can change lives. God can work miracles, and he does today. And so we're going to commit as a church to praying for David and for Maggie every single day. Now let me, let me say this. Let me say this. And I don't mean this to sound harsh, and David used these exact words to me on the phone yesterday, so, um, uh, so I, I hope that this, um, this reflects what you said. We were talking last night, and David said, if we're, if we're frank, it's possible that God might call me home. And he's right. But the fear of that should not stop us praying that that won't be the case. We should still pray into David's life. We should still pray for David's healing. And we should still pray that whatever the outcome, whatever the outcome, we know that we have prayed and prayed and prayed expecting God to act. Now I know that there are, there are multiple people in this congregation and, and, and linked to this congregation who need prayer. We mustn't stop praying for them. Okay, but we are praying intentionally. So David, I'm going to ask you and Maggie to come up. You see, we are, we are a team. I was having a conversation with Tim last night and I said to him, I said, Tim, what would you, what would you rather? Would you rather go and watch Essex play cricket and see Ryan Tenderscarter, the club captain, Tim's favourite player, would you rather see him score a century and take five wickets but Essex lose? Or would you rather Ryan Tenderscarter have a, an average game but see Essex win? He said, I'd rather see Essex win. I thought, thank goodness for that. Because <laughs> so would I. But you see, we are a team. We are a team. And some of us sometimes will wake up and feel we're having a bit of an off day. We might, we might pray and feel, oh, well, I've put my heart into that prayer, but I'm just feeling so sad. That happens. That's where we're a team. And other people in the team will have good performances on the day when others have bad. But we are a team. And we are going to commit as a team to praying for two of our most valuable members, for two people who are so loved, who have done so much for so many of us, who have supported me since I first came here as a, as a, as a minister in training and to whom I owe so much. We're going to commit to praying for them daily, expecting God respond through his Holy Spirit. That's how a church can harness the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to come round. I'm just going to lay a hand on each of you. I'm going to pray for you now and we're going to commit before God to praying for this. And if you, if you don't want to share that commitment, if you don't want to be part of that, that's, that's okay, that's your prerogative. But don't say the Amen at the end. But if you want to commit to this, then say with gusto, with intention, Amen, afterwards. Heavenly Father, we know that you are a God of miracles. Father, we only have to open up your word to see time and time again that you have defied all, all law, all logic. 
and that you have worked miracles so many times. Father, we know that you brought down the walls of Jericho. We know that you brought the Israelites out of Egypt. We know that you defeated Goliath. We know that you saved Daniel from the lion's den. And Father, we know that you went to the cross and defeated death. We know that you rose again from the grave. And we know that you are as living and as active now as you ever have been because you are the everlasting, unchanging God. And Father, we know that you love your faithful followers. And Lord, we call upon you this morning through your Holy Spirit. We call upon you to to act. We expect you to act in this situation. We pray, Lord, expecting you to work miracles, to work wonders. Father, we pray for David. We pray, Lord, that you will, you will defy what doctors have said and that through whichever means you choose, you will work, that your power will prevail. Father, we lift David and Maggie up to you. We love them and we know that you love them even more. And so, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, we pray that as we as a church commit now to praying for David and for Maggie on a daily basis, praying with intention, with expectation, we pray that through your Holy Spirit we will see a miracle. Because, Lord, we know that you can. We pray that you will. So, Father, bless this couple. Bless these two faithful servants. And we pray that as a church, you will unite us as a team and help us as we seek to pray and pray and pray. By faith, we believe in your healing power. We believe, Lord. And we know that we are called to pray. We know that whatever you have got in store, right now, we are called to pray. And so we commit, Father, as a congregation, to do that, to lift these two people up in prayer. Through your Holy Spirit, interceding for us, We ask this in the name of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless you both. Thank you. In fact, we know that so many are praying for us every day and tell us so. Is why we've been able to be as we have been able to be. It's only that that sustains us, really, because you're praying for us. And we just thank you so much. And I'd love to read a psalm. <coughs> Sorry. Kept coming to me. I'll read it here. Psalm 8. <coughs> oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children, 
and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is man that you're mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honour. You've made him ruler of the works of your hands. You've put everything under his feet, all the flocks and herds, all the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen. So this morning wasn't a typical sermon. I appreciate that. We've had a practical demonstration, which maybe isn't quite good as the modern Bluetooth analogy, but hey, I can live with that. I'm, I'm getting on. I'm 36 now. Every day's a bonus. <laughs> but we are. We are committed. We are committed to lifting up David and Maggie in prayer. And that is, that is exactly what this morning was about. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. And rather than just talking about it and, and explaining it in theory, we're putting it in practice. We're, we're applying what we believe. And that is so much more important than, than the theological aspect. God isn't too fussed about theology. God's fussed about individual people. Praying, uniting, sharing and believing by faith. By faith. I'm going to pray for us and then ask Joan to come up and lead us in more worship. <coughs> Heavenly Father, so often we, we profess our faith amongst ourselves and it's, it's, great, it's a great idea. It's a great feeling, and it's right that we do so. But Lord, this morning we have we've we've found a way to practically and expectantly apply our faith to this situation. And Father, we pray that you'll help us to be maybe more intentional in our faith, more intentional praying into situations, expecting a result. Father, we're not we're not demanding things of you, but we are serious when we say, we believe in you. We believe in your existence. We believe in your power. We believe in your history. We believe in your future. We believe in your presence because you believe in us. You give us a task. You give us a job to do. And part of that is to pray for one another, to lift one another up when part of the body is hurting, to, to do all we can to heal it. And we know there is nothing stronger, nothing more powerful than prayer. Father, thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift of your church. And thank you that when the two come together, we can achieve unimaginable results. And that is our prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen.